How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Weekend Variety Show for Saturday, April the 24th. Folks, I hope you are doing extremely well. Uh, I am doing extremely well because I'm done school. I mean, I've been done school for a week now, but it feels like every day has just opened up for me. And, you know, today I was doing a bit of, I guess, reflection on how much more time I have on my hands and kind of how the school year went. And, you know, I handed in my final project last week, and I had dedicated... I mean, I had been working on the project for, like, eight months, but I dedicated most of my time to it in the last month. And that's why there weren't a lot of daily updates, and I had to take some time off of work, was my sole focus on, on my final project. So I thought I would tell you a little bit about what I was doing, just because, I don't know, it might bring you some interest as to why I was away. So I graduated in a program for technical theater, live performance, and that was once upon a time my passion, it isn't any longer, but, you know, I had to do something for this final thesis, and I didn't want it to be solely focused on theater. So I managed to convince my professors, hey, let me do a connection between performance and video games. And it's not just performance at like a theater performance, but performance in general, performance as a concept. And initially, I was thinking about things like, you know, roleplay, which is when we select a character for a video game, or virtual worlds like Second Life, right? Like, these are all kind of quite performative when you just become another character. It turned out that that was a very complex topic. You get into a lot of theoretical concepts that I wasn't prepared to tackle. But what I did find was some pretty interesting stuff, and I shared some of it on this show along the way. But ultimately, what I ended up landing on was that video games themselves are quite performative. You know, one of the things that I look at in my paper is how the music industry has integrated with the gaming industry. And I used two particular case studies. Uh, I looked at how video games have broken out into music, which uh, was through League of Legends and KDA. That's like the fictional virtual K-pop group. And then how the music industry has been brought into video games where I looked at the Travis Scott concert in Fortnite. And it really showed how, like, both of those industries really benefited from those events. Travis Scott walked away with, like, $20 million, and obviously Epic Games made a boat ton out of Fortnite. And it was a concert, right? Like, it was literally the biggest concert to ever take place. Obviously not in person, but it totally transformed what we know about performance and about what video games can be. They don't just have to be people shooting each other, right? Another thing I talk about in the paper is how people use video games in order to perform. Again, I had two case studies for that. One of them was esports, and the other was speedrunning. And, you know, these are two types of gaming that are kind of on opposite sides of each other. One of them is highly competitive and has hundreds of millions of dollars being poured into it, and is viewed as like a major investment right now for people outside of the gaming industry. That's esports. And then speedrunning is inherently a community event, right? Very small scale. And even though like things like GDQ get very, very large when it happens, the actual speedrunning community doesn't have hundreds of million dollars being poured into it. And yet, both of those things show how video games, when they are being played, can be a performance. If you're highly skilled at, you know, the reflexes of a video game. I mean, I guess you could do either of those things. But typically you think, okay, I'm going to compete, right? I'm going to go against other people who are also very good at this game and, uh, and try to be the better one. Competition is inherently performative. 
And speedrunning is also very competitive because people are trying to get their best scores and they have to have these great reflexes. But it's a very different type of performance. There's a lot more celebration, community support. And even if you just look at GDQ itself, there's a lot of different types of like GDQ archetypes. There are games that are just meant to be there for the, for the comedy and the personality. There's the very slow burns, like the four-hour Pokemon Platinum speedrun, where you just have a really good cast of commentators, and it feels like you're chilling out with them. There's the extremely technical runs that, you know, the runners don't even have time to explain everything that's going on. So you can tune into GDQ, and even if one type of performance isn't to your taste, there's something else that you'll be able to check out. You know, I think, I think the analogy I made was that if a single speed run is a theater performance, then GDQ is Broadway, right? If you go to Broadway, there's 25 different shows to choose from. And I think that's really cool. So anyway, that's just a little bit of what I was working on. Um, I actually ended up producing like a two-hour podcast as part of that project. And I think I am going to release it publicly at some point, but I think one of the sections was a little weak, so I'm probably going to cut it out, and I'll have to do some re-recording just for context's sake. But yeah, I might put it out there one day if you're interested. It's a very different style of content than I usually do. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thegamingobserver. I'll upload it there if it's, uh, it's going to happen. And uh, hey, folks, that was my final project for school, which means it is time to party for my graduation. This will be the final reminder if you would like to come to my graduation party. I would love to see you there. Thegamingobserver.com slash discord. We're going to do a live mailbag. We're going to ask you about the origin of your nickname or your gamer tag. It's going to be Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. UK time. Once again, thegamingobserver.com slash discord. Would love to see you there. That's all for me today, folks. I'll be back tomorrow with another variety show. And until next time, happy gaming, everyone. Oh, it's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Hey, you know, I mentioned a while ago I started doing, uh, not like full-blown journaling, but I have a day planner, and there was this huge page that I wasn't taking advantage of, because one page shows the days, and then the other page is just like for you to put anything you want on it. And so what I started to do was basically one to three bullet points every single day of something nice that happened, or just something that I want to remember, because I have a really bad memory. And so I feel like the more that I write down, hopefully the more I'll remember things. And it's actually been great for this after show as well, because I feel like so many times I forget what has happened in my life because of my bad memory. And now I can just go back to my book and go, oh, look at these wonderful things that have happened to me. Like yesterday, I talked to you about the pizza magically appearing on my front porch. You can bet your butt I wrote that one down. So, hey, if you're looking for some improvement in your life, I have read that just writing down a couple of things that you're grateful for every day can give you some kind of happiness. It's working so far for me. See how it goes. Anyway, uh, the whole reason I started talking about this was because uh, in my daily planner, I also tend to write down the video games that I've been playing so that I can then go later and upload it to my video game journal tracker thing called backlogged.com. You should check it out. It's basically Goodreads or Letterboxd for video games. And the other thing I've been writing down is, alongside my video games, anything that I watched, like a movie or a TV show, and anything that I read, like a book. And it's funny, you might remember, I have been binge-watching Survivor over the last, basically, year, maybe eight months, nine months. 
I started on season one of Survivor in the summer of last year. And ever since then, you know, there's 40 seasons. I've been just watching like crazy. And I'm going through these things so fast now. Like, it used to take me maybe a couple of weeks to get through a Survivor season. But I had taken a a few weeks break recently, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about Survivor. I better start watching that again. And on Tuesday, I started Survivor Season 34, and then on Wednesday, I finished it. And then on Thursday, I started Survivor 35. Today's Friday, I'm going to finish it. It's Friday as I'm recording this, most of you listening on Saturday. So I finished two seasons of Survivor in about four days. And I, I mean, the only reason I'm able to do this is because it's something that I can put on while I work, if I have a slower workday. And, you know, I throw it on whenever I'm basically doing anything else. Like, I never just sit down to watch Survivor unless it's the finale. I'll do it while I do the dishes or play some video games or something. Like, it's just, it's a great background noise. And now that I'm almost all the way through all of the seasons, I'm kind of disappointed because I'm not going to have that perfect show anymore. And I don't know if it's a show I really want to rewatch. But this is it. Like, I'm I'm officially a Survivor watcher now. When it comes back on TV, I'm going to have to watch it week to week. Anyway, I've been talking about a lot of unrelated things. What else am I up to here? terms of video games. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that that paper that I wrote slash podcast that I made, it was pretty decent, but I think the two hours was maybe a little bit too long. The one section that I didn't mention in that main show was looking at how video games and how they are created is very similar to live performance and movies and stuff like that. Again, with two case studies, I looked at writing and I looked at acting and how, you know, you can't really do a theater show or a film or or a song without something written down, without a script. But in video games, you can have the video game made before there's any kind of narrative or written word whatsoever. It's an interesting discrepancy. You know, some games don't even need a narrative, like, you know, Pong didn't have any kind of story. But you can definitely see how story has become a huge thing in video games. You know, stuff like Life is Strange, What Remains of Edith Finch, Mass Effect, these games that are highly lauded for their story is bringing a lot more credibility to these games, these elements of performance. Anyway, so that was another section of my research. I think it was probably the weakest, to the point that I would probably just take it out if I released it publicly. It was good for the submission. I think it it was a, a good academic bit, but it wasn't so much a good public interest bit. Okay, I've talked enough. I've got a Survivor finale to watch. <laughs> of course, I'll be back tomorrow with another variety show. And hey, you might be able to talk to me live. If you come to my graduation party, would love the chance to meet you. And uh, until whenever, farewell.